0: Welcome to
1: Street Fight Radio. I am Brian. I haven't said radio at the end of the title in, like, since the thing happened, but, you know, whatever. I have a great guest, somebody that I have done many, I've done a couple podcasts with that I really like, and it's very nice, Adam H. Johnson from Citations. Fucking Needed. What's up, dude? Hey, how are
2: you? I'm Glad, glad to finally come on the show. You've been on a few times.
1: I'm going to blow your fucking mind, listeners. Uh, I have been on Adam's show, and we've talked a lot about micro. And uh, (laughs) when you announce, uh, this is the thing that, I you announced you were doing something about micro, and people harassed you to have me on the first time because we had been talking about it. No, 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 that's not that's not what happened.
2: Uh, I we never announced our topics ahead of time. We were researching it and it came upon your episode. Oh, and then, um, no, I I learned very early in the restaurant industry. I used to have a manager who would always said, never let the customer see you work. And it's kind of a a little it's sort of a capitalist mantra, but I actually think it's pretty good like to adopt as a I feel like I never like share my work before we do it uh cuz I think it looks it's a little gauche. It's also like needy and unprofessional. So I don't think we would have done that, but I do know that when we when we posted it, people were like, "Oh, you should you should oh, you should have had you know, I was like he's, like, he's the guest. Like, look at the episode. Yeah, because you you had done your episode, which people thought was very popular. And I know that when we were researching it, um, yours was like the most prominent because it it was surprising how little criticism uh, of Micro there really there really had been. Um, I think there was like maybe one or two articles in your episode, but he had kind of really slid under the radar very quietly. And I think. There's been more of late because now that he sort of dropped the pretense a oh. couple years ago and now he just goes on Tucker Carlson.
1: Yeah, he's a fucking, he's way more of an asshole he,
2: now. He's just an overt chud. Hey, real quick, you're a little quiet and I'm trying to turn up on my shit. I don't know if it's me. Let me, uh, is there any, is this any, is there any way could turn it, turn it up on your end? I'm sorry. Is I, um, this any better. No, I don't know why you're so quiet. It's not is it is it a moral failing on my part? Is there I a zoom thing?
1: I can I I don't know if I can turn it up more because it's like all I, think I can turn up, up the audio here. But if you can hmm. crank up you can't crank up the sound on I
2: did. I'm all I'm cranked. What? The maximum cranked. I'm a little confused. Yeah, I'm cranked uh, all the way up. All right. Well, never mind then. Let's just uh roll with it.
1: <laughs> so anyway, uh I wanted to. I've been wanting to have you on for a while, and I <laughs> thought it would be extremely fucking funny to introduce you to another Forgive one me? of my guys. Yeah, another one of your guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I, I am doing you a favor and showing you somebody that we've been covering for a while now. Uh, and his name is Dave Ramsey, and yes, you you told me when I DM'd you about this that you had never heard of him, which was shocking. No, because this guy is right up your fucking alley, dude. Yeah, for sure.
2: I, I mean, I see that subsequently since I looked him up. Um, very much, very much in my alley.
1: I have to send you the article that we, that we, that we discovered him on, where they talk about how he like carries a gun to the office and he's just a total fucking psycho. He's, he is, he is something, but, uh, I wanted to introduce you to, to old Dave, because I think he would be perfect for even I, you could do an episode. Trust me. He is the type of guy that,
2: what if uh, I did an episode and we didn't invite you on? We just had like a bizarro version
1: of you. you Um, invite me on because I would want to listen to it. Uh, fair enough (laughs) he's a personal finance uh one of those guys that is like a a financer uh uh, finance like guy he talks about uh not like a finance guy i guess but like more of a guy that's like uh he talks about personal responsibility he talks about things like uh you know what Oh, no, never mind. I thought he talks about things like uh, uh, credit card debt and stuff like that. He's not like a economist guy. He's more of one of those guys that gives advice like they used to every local market used to have a radio show where a guy would give advice and uh would talk to you about like uh uh, you know your money problems and shit like that well that's kind of what this guy is but he's also kind of a a, a, an asshole and he has like he has some of the worst politics but he's yet another guy who is very much in the micro vein uh right from what it appears of i'm going to talk
2: about him like i'm an expert now um i just found out about him an hour ago. yeah from what I'm from what I it's it, the financial advice is its own world we we've gone down that well before I'm actually a little uh, uh, upset we didn't mention him because I feel like the Christian evangelical kind of exurb suburban um g- g- uh, you know prosperity gospel guys is is, a, is definitely a thing and there's a huge market for it especially with you know one point what I what is it now five trillion dollars in credit card debt or whatever the number is right he's, um,
1: yelling, he's always yelling at people about credit card debt and i i find that i find that kind of stuff it, it like genuinely pisses me off because like it's basically something that uh it's basically something that like uh it's how we get to do things in our lives and i know that's not what you're supposed to say you're not supposed to say this is Credit cards are how we get to go on vacations. Credit cards are how we get to like there's plenty of things that that we get to do with credit cards.
2: The one smart thing I did in my life is I never had a credit card.
1: You never had one. I've gotten oh, now now I can hear you. Yeah. I know no, I fixed I, uh, it. <laughs> I was sitting here trying to fix I've it. Had,
2: I've had bad credit since I was like seventeen, so like I never qualified. I never really tried after that, but I've never. I had one credit card that was, I think, maxed at like four hundred dollars or something. They give people who just got out of out of prison, like like the worst credit you can possibly have. But I've never had credit. I've never had credit, so I have no credit card debt. And um, I got to tell you, there are times in my life where I really wish I did have <laughs> a credit card. Yeah, when you have, I guess, when you have really bad credit at a very young age, like for various like degenerate student loans and such, and like little well, little mini loans, not like a lot of them, but uh. It, it i I kept applying it. I kept getting rejected, so I think I asked that's a medical debt <laughs> so um it wasn't it wasn't due to any like kind of puritan desire for for not spitting about out of my means. I would have gladly taken it, you know, especially when I lived in New York and waited tables and bartended but um, so anyway, no, i but I imagine that that's like a a very large market, I mean, empirically, it is,
1: yeah, and it's tough because, like I understand the thing about, uh, um, you know, I understand the thing about not, uh, about living within your means and, and stuff like that. But, uh, I also just, you know, my, my sort of mantra on this show has always been kind of like, well, the working class deserve everything in, in the world. So to me, I'm like, I I think we deserve working class people deserve to go on vacation and they deserve to have nice clothes and things in their house yeah. and since uh they're not going to pay any sort of a living wage or anything like that I mean this is how you get it and right. it's like student loan debt right like where like with student loan debt it is uh, um we should be able to go to college it's not it's sort of not really fair that we don't, we don't get to go to college, and they do, unless we can pay for it, which is, I assume, why you have bad credit, too. <laughs> uh,
2: Yeah. Although to be fair, I I did not take out like traditional student loans. Um, I I went to university of Texas. I I took out like those little short-term loans they give you, which are like kind of not a great idea when you're 19 years old. (laughs) Um, And I just like straight up never paid them. But um, uh, eventually though, I guess after several years it does go up your credit. But no, I, I, you know, I think, I think that, you know, this again, Ramsey here seems to be following the same, the same niche of, uh, of Mike Rowe and a lot of like the right wing, the suit of Susie Orman, which I'm sure you know about, we could have our own conversation about, which is weird. She had like a show on PBS where you take a kind of real issue on a micro level, which is like personal finance, like something that every family deals with regardless of who you are, um, right? Whether you're a, a, a left wing podcast podcaster who, you know, rants out of his basement or you have, you know, you work in the railroad industry, whatever it is. And then you sort of abstract it out into this kind of moral framework that becomes its own politics, where you project your own personal philosophies about, you know, prudence and delayed gratification, and all these kind of high-minded ideals. You're going to kind of be, um, you know, kind of uh, a beacon of austerity, like like uh, you know, Joseph the Second, and if you're and everyone else should therefore be, and then anyone else who takes out loans or gets in over their head with debt is uh it's a subject of moral failing and i and I, this is like what a lot of conservatives do right they take things that are that are on a ma- micro level sensible and they macrotize them uh and create this kind of this kind of cheesy um uh politics where if I'm in debt, it's because of some rapacious creditor or or medical problem. But when other people are in debt, it's because they they you know were going to the proverbial getting the proverbial t bone steaks at uh, at a uh, Jewel Osco, right?
1: Well, that is also what what Dave Ramsey will tell you that you know he went bankrupt in his twenties, and then so he knows what it's like to sort of go bankrupt and now he's you know right. he he makes like eight figures or whatever and and through, the, po- through the power of christ right <laughs> yeah and you're you're eight. you should be able to do the same thing he did but for me it's like well he got to go bankrupt first like like we can't even go bankrupt anymore so they won't let you do it <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, that's true too. Yeah, no, this is this is a you know I I very much uh, reject generations discourse, but I do think certain trends exist with the long generations in a pretty empirical way. And one of them, one of them, one of them, of course, is the is the cost of ed- education um, over time. It's you know in, from 1980 to 2015, it's it's increased by you know six seven hundred percent or whatever the number is. It's like somewhere in that ballpark. Um, so you get this life advice when it comes to debt. Uh, obviously credit card debts ballooned. Um, other things have gotten more expensive. Housing has gotten way more expensive, uh, not just in terms of buying, but in terms of renting, um, some, certain things have gotten cheaper, like TVs, food, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but broadly speaking, shit's just more expensive, right? With, with, and wages have, have not kept up remote, uh, remotely. And then, so they'll say, back in my day, I did this, you know, everyone's parents did this. We talked about this as well. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's the, the inputs were different. Um, yes. Not to romanticize the past, because I also think there are things better today than there were then, but but in certain, like, key ways, things were just cheaper. Um, and then yeah. they give you their, their, their bootstrap story. Um, you know, you see, he, you've heard this a lot with, like, criminality, where, like, back in the 70s, they'll be like, oh, yeah, my buddies and I, we did this, or we were so drunk, and we got caught by a cop, and he let us go. They'll tell these, like, ridiculous stories that, like, oh, now you would be in prison for life. Like, you... <laughs> or shot. Like, I've told... Uh, it was
1: just a shenanigans back in the day, and it's like, well, now there's a surveillance state, and you can't get away with that. I've told this story on the show a few times, but me and my friends, just for fun, would, you know, we we most of our day was just standing around smoking cigarettes, and yeah. weed and drugs or whatever, looking for it. But we would stand in this this cul-de-sac that we hung out in and smoke and you know horse around and stuff like that and then when the if a cop came around the corner just on a patrol we would just take off running and jump a fence just just to get the cop out of the car to chase us and it never occurred to me how privileged And yeah, how no, uh, totally. this isn't like that anymore? That none of us got killed, like none of us got shot, none of us went to jail. They were just like, "Hey, these kids are just fucking around." Um, you know, you have to think if 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 you're a black kid, you'd probably go to. Oh
2: yeah, no, you'd be yeah. Now that is, you know, the word white privilege. I think it 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 puts people off a lot, but like it's undeniable that there are certain circumstances where. The course of one's life would have been radically different had they not been white, and I say that not to sort of try to be a self relating ally, but I—it's like it's just objectively true. I mean, whether it's you know getting drunk and getting arrested, or whether it's um, like one time I was in this—I was God, I was, uh, was visiting—I uh, don't know some relative for Thanksgiving or something—I forget what it was—and I like got lost on the way home, and it was like a fairly nice neighborhood, and I was. It was one of those things where like, had you walked around, I think I may have been like 15 or 16, had you walked around and gone the long way, it would have been like two miles. But if you just hopped this fence, you could have just cut right through. Yeah. And I was like hopping this fence in this suburban neighborhood to cut through, to save myself some time. And there was these like two people talk, like literally right out of, I mean, talking to a cop. And I'm like hopping the fence and like, they just look at me and wave. And I'm like, and I look back at that. I'm like, there's absolutely no way that if I wasn't white, that would have been, it would have turned out that way. I mean, this is again, rather banals, banal observation, but that's another one of those things that these kind of self-help guys do, uh, you know, forget the kind of privilege of cheap college. There's the privilege of obviously oftentimes they're white um, and everything, these sort of hardships they have, which are genuine hardships to some extent. They just—they're not how other people would experience those hardships either, with different racial backgrounds or or kind of uh, generational uh, situations. And then they—and then they get out of it, and then they project. And my, again, my Roth does this all the fucking time. Anyone who's ever met a conservative, they do this all the time. They always then they project their personal experiences. Well, why can't everyone else do this? And it's like such a deeply. Um, <laughs> Such a deeply unempathetic way to view the world. Like if, if, if you if you like, you know, oh, well, there was you know, 15 people in my platoon and five of us survival st- storming the beaches of Normandy. So everyone else should storm Normandy. And it's like, well, <laughs> you just got lucky. Like, I mean, yeah, okay. Maybe you're, maybe you have guile and intelligence and you're super scrappy, but also like, why would
1: you want other people to suffer? You fucking selfish prick. It's like, I, I, you know, I talk about uh, when I was growing up, my parents had this attitude about how you treat kids like and and it was that you know kind of boomer attitude of of you know they don't know what they're doing you got to tell them what to do it's all about punishment and stuff like that you gotta you know you can't be your kid's friend and uh you know that's how my parents did things and i ended up I mean, I guess I'm doing good now, you know, I'm a, right. I'm a podcaster or whatever, but it's well, it, a shameful, shameful profession. I, <laughs> I tell my relatives I'm a drug dealer, but go ahead. It took me like almost 20 years to, to figure out what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be and how I, how I wanted to do it because I just, I don't know. I, I, nobody ever you know met me where I was at, as a teenager, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a delinquent, yeah. and and so I, you know, I have my daughter. She's eighteen. She yeah. has great grades. She's being accepted into college with scholarships mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And I basically raised her like she's my friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? I did and, all know, the things they fine, say is wrong.
2: It's know? a fine line. It's a fine line. I mean, you know, I, you know, I, uh, the way our fathers did it. I assume our fathers were similar in that way. My father. Um, I don't want to speak ill of 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 the dead here. He, you know, he they it was similar. It was similar growing up. I think from what you just described, um, you know, we even get spankings, which is such a bizarre concept to me now, like that I would yeah. have hit my kid, but that was normal, like because that's how his dad did it, and his dad did it before him, and so forth. Right, that was just the way you did it. Um, and like you don't want to be their friend. Now, now we're, we're now we're veering into parenting advice. I've been a parent all of almost two years now, so I'm I'm now an expert. <laughs> But I, you know, I struggle with that because a part of me is like, obviously, I don't want to be, you know. And my dad wasn't a total hard ass. He he was he was nice in certain ways, but he, you know, there was there was just a like you said, you're they weren't they weren't your friend was definitely the rule. Um, yeah, but mine ended up. I'm like I'm like twenty percent that, eighty percent. Yeah, I wanna I wanna not be that. Well, a know? lot I of that there's a there's a part of that that I think has some merit.
1: I think a lot of that changes as. The kid grows up because yeah. you will i remember having all these things in my mind about how i would handle having a teenager you know like this is going to yeah. be the stuff i'm going to be i'm going to make sure they do this and that and then by the time she was a teenager it's kind of a not a one parenting is not a one-size-fits-all kind That's of true, thing because yeah. once yeah. she was a teenager i was like uh, she's not going to do anything bad. She's too scared. Yeah. It, it
2: really does. It, it does depend on what, what hand you've dealt. I mean, again, you could see this with three or four people, you know, three or four brothers and sisters grow up and they all turn out way differently. I mean, is there it's, it's really much the parent could do in that scenario? Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, it's, it's the, 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 the battle plans are 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 you know the best change the second the first bullet's fired kind of deal. It's like the second you and you you interface with this other individual. I assume that things change. I do think they're like general philosophies though, but maybe that's outside the scope of this conversation. But I I have been thinking a lot about it. Uh, basically, your the general rule of thumb is like I'm going to do all the shit that my parents did that was good and take away all the bad stuff. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of which is a little hacky, but I mean, how else do you learn in life other than say, all right, this was good, this was good, this was good this at the time seemed bad but was
1: actually good this at the time seemed good but was actually bad um, i i wanted to, to there. i wanted to be the guy that i i wanted to be the adult that i wish would have been in my life at the time like where it was right. like what is it that you want to do can i follow can i help you facilitate whatever it is that you want to end up doing in your life. Like that's yeah, w- that's I what say, I wanted in, in defense
2: know? of my, in defense of my old man, he, he actually was
1: kind of supportive of all the, the, the sort of flighty creative
2: ideas I had.
1: See mine, um, mine, mine, in me I, I I tell this story sometimes to a, to a point I told yeah. my dad I wanted to be a singer in a metal band yeah. and i yeah. i couldn't I couldn't play an instrument or anything and he said, well, you know what you should do is get a you should go to school to be a sound technician. Oh yeah, no. And I was yeah. like, that's not think, yeah. the same thing as being a cigarette metal not, band. That's not very romantic. Yeah,
2: I think it was. Uh, I think it was. Um, I think my 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 stepmom was the was was that person. Like yeah, it was
1: the yeah. So um, my dad my dad was not. But so first, before we get into playing, what I'm gonna play for you, which beautiful title by the way should i pay my employees a living wage (laughs) and living wages and scare quotes and this is from dave's site i i think a lot of times i you know i always make sure when we do stuff like this that like i am sharing what dave ramsey is sharing not right some out of context because that's what they always say right you took it out of context it doesn't you know you you can't do that well that's like what i i i am not doing that i am playing the full clip at six minutes and 20 seconds of a clip that that dave ramsey played and obviously we can stop it but let's see what dave ramsey thinks about paying a living wage Today's question comes from Thomas in Missouri as a
3: Christian. I feel like I have a duty to take care of my employees. I have a small business with nine employees. They currently make minimum wage. If I were to raise their wages to a living wage, then my profit margin
1: would decrease. This- okay, I want to stop it right there because <laughs> they just said the like sort of. They just said Marx. They just talked about Marxist theory there. That's true. They did. <laughs> Incidentally. <laughs> Yeah, on accident. They were like what they attributed communism to uh Jesus, but hey, if that's what we gotta do to get these people to feel this way, then I'm fucking down with it. You know, we'll tell sure. them, we'll tell them Stalin was or or yeah, Stalin was like a, a Peter or somebody in the Bible. I don't know. So I like that they they accidentally hit they accidentally hit something that we all talk about
3: constantly here. This is a business I worked really hard at for so many years. I think God would want me to benefit from my hard work now. What should I do? Uh okay.
1: <laughs> this is an onion here, Dave. Um I think you should pay your employees a minimum <laughs> living wage. You know, like
2: uh, that's right. the answer <laughs> like, to the to, to the extent you're not not solvent it would seem like the 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 Christian thing to do, right? I mean they always cry poverty, but I i mean, how many, how many, this guy, this guy definitely reeks of someone who took his, uh, his land Rover to the January 6th. Right. Right. Like all these guys plead poverty and they got like eight Burger King franchises, but yeah,
1: this guy doesn't even seem the thing that I think would, I would find frustrated about, I find frustrating about this is I don't even feel like this guy's crying poverty. Actually he is, he is well, he's saying, crying. He's not rich enough. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's not rich. He, enough. Yeah.
2: His, his neighbor just got the new, you know, BMW, whatever. And he, he needs to keep up with him. This is, yeah, this is, this because he works hard and he deserves the fruits of his labor. this is part of the prosperity gospel, which is basically rationalized sociopathy, but
3: yeah. <laughs> it, Number one, um, uh, Businesses deal with this all the time. And yeah, no shit. Sure. When they raise wages, uh, they have a decision to make: Do you want your profit margin to stay the same? And so, if so, then you have to raise your costs, and you have to weigh that with the marketplace and what your customers will or will not pay. And this is the this is the dance that a lot of small business people have to deal with, and have uh, had to deal with, it and have been hurt from it. So. Um, I don't think it's a choice here between God wants you to benefit from your hard work now and uh, you know not doing what you want to do, which is pay your employees more. I think you can do both, but you're going to have to uh, square raising some uh,
1: prices or cutting costs in other areas. If- so this guy is the co-host, mm. and that's not like the – if If I had to pick a conservative answer for this question. Yeah, that, that, it could be worse. Yeah, way worse and it will yeah. be worse i promise okay. it's about to All be right. worse. hold on hold on to your hats
3: kids. it's gonna get worse <laughs> get ready for dave to pop it oh uh, here comes dave i can't well i can't wait to if hear that's this. even an option this is hard to answer i want to say that everything i just said it's very difficult to answer that via a static question so when we easy can't to answer, answer a lot of questions excuse me
4: ask more questions yeah the buzzword that's the problem in this is living wage
2: and who that's determines right. that yeah well, I can. T- <laughs> well, whether you can live is a kind of objective thing, but fair enough. I mean, there are there are economists who have determined what a living wage means. But moving on. Yeah,
1: you can. Who's
2: to who's to say what is what is uh, the ability to eat, pay for diapers and rent and food? Who's to, this is all. These are just words.
1: Who knows what living even means? Nobody yeah, even really. really knows what living means.
2: Yeah, a recent a recent survey of, of Kroger employees in three states uh, found that fourteen percent, one in seven workers, were um, uh, had had experienced homelessness in the previous year. So I would say whatever the number is above that would yes. be the. That would if that number was zero percent, they would. They, uh, maybe that would be a criteria for living versus uh, surviving and
1: barely, you know, hanging on for dear life. But uh, I and can't you're, wait to hear what this fucking dipshit says. You're fucking totally right about like the whole thing where he's like that there are economists that if you pay attention to this type of stuff, which believe me, I don't. And I assume none of Dave Ramsey's listeners, most of no. them don't pay attention to, but there are economists who have said what the wage should I mean, be. These are these are the core constituency of the Republican party, which is quote unquote, small
2: business owners, which can vary from guy who owns, you know, taco truck, you know, immigrant who owns taco truck in the corner to like, guy who owns 17 Toyota dealerships. I mean, they all call themselves small business owners, which again, I yeah. think we've also discussed, <laughs> but it doesn't mean anything.
4: Say, me. Right, that's my point. Not yeah, what I'm culture the is saying. No, or, I'm the employer. Here's yeah. the thing. Okay. If I pay $12 an hour, mm-hmm. or if I pay whatever you want to, whatever minimum wage is in your area. Okay. And, um, a guy comes in and you do a budget on the guy and he has five kids, yeah. and uh, he needs ninety thousand dollars a year to pay his bills and feed his kids. Um, I can't, as a Christian, hire him. So there is the answer. Okay.
1: There's that's more good. here. I promise. There's more yeah. here. But that's the as, fucking answer.
2: <laughs> as as a Christian, followed by an incredibly uh, demonic statement. <laughs> as a christian i'm afraid i would have to tell him to eat shit and die
1: i'm afraid if he says he needs money he if he needs ninety thousand dollars a year then i'm definitely not gonna hire him even though for the record this is a, this is a very good reason this is
2: why we have a minimum wage yeah. <laughs> if there, if there literally wasn't a minimum wage it, they, we would have christian pastors explaining why there should be legalized slavery i mean this pretty much which is of course what you had for a very long time but um yeah, the, the minimum wage needs to be higher because this is pretty much the uh the average uh Republican small business owner guy who's who's like, Clearly I'm not going to eat into my margins, so I need to offer the bare minimum uh I can to get someone. And then when they when I get them to complain how what bad workers they are because they're barely surviving and uh and they don't have any respect for me because I've I've grinded them to the to the
4: to the nub. Yes for that job because i can't pay him ninety thousand dollars to do that job and ninety thousand dollars for him is a living wage Mm -hmm. because that's what it takes to feed his five kids okay if i have a 19 year old who lives with their parents comes in so this straw man that he's
1: talking about right the 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 he always talks about the nineteen year old that lives with their parents and do- doesn't want to work, so Dave is going to give us a little insight into his hiring process that I think you'll really like here, mm-hmm. Adam
4: <laughs> oh fuck I hit that's a flub for everybody and is looking for part time work and um any money he makes is going in his pocket because he has basically no personal overhead and $12 an hour is what I can afford as the employer, then that is his living wage. Mm-hmm. So this idea that there is a, uh, a, a universal living wage is absolute horse crap. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing because it takes some families, it takes families in different situations, in different locales, a different amount to live.
1: That's almost kind of right, but I don't think they're. When you say when you said about the economists, like I think they put take that into account. Well,
2: but also the, the, there's a myth that low wage workers are 19 year olds who live in their parents' basement, yes. smoke weed all day, and that's not true. The majority of low wage workers have children and are above the age of 35
1: well yeah and t-day i've said this
2: this is a myth people have been telling themselves for decades because it makes them feel better because it's like oh it's basically an internship
1: yeah i've said this and it makes me feel uh, it's kind of an asshole way to to think about it, but I, I think that if you're telling me that the majority of the workers at a McDonald's are teenagers, then mm-hmm. I would answer back then it shouldn't be allowed to be open during the day, during school hours. Because if well, you're so paying that way, then you should a, be fine. Uh my my wife
2: borat voice from 2006 uh sarah lazar just wrote an article uh did an investigation uh, for her publication workday magazine um and published it in the american prospect where she was looking at the the, the erosion of child labor laws in wisconsin and wisconsin now the reason why we even found the stories we were in wisconsin and uh i mean we had followed this sort of general right-wing attack on child labor sort of previously, but we were at a restaurant and this, per- this like child comes up to our table and asks us if we, what do we want? We want to eat them. Like you have to not be a day over 14 and they weren't. Um, and I'm shocked to see a 14 year old. Cause when I was, growing yeah. up, you, didn't, you weren't allowed to work till you were 16, unless you had a hardship license, which itself is, problematic, but we can talk about That's, it later.
1: That is really bad. But
2: what happened was, is that during, during the so-called labor shortage, the Republicans had pushed to, to um, they had had 14-year-olds work, but they expanded their hours. And there's only a handful of states where 14-year-olds can work, and Wisconsin is one of them. It's, it's pretty rare, uh, for good reason. And um they they were expanding their hours to work till 10 PM and there was part of a broader legislative push to basically get rid of child labor laws and they're they're trying to go as low as they can uh for obvious reasons, which is that uh same reasons the corporations wanted to, didn't want labor laws in the nineteen twenties and thirties. Ah, uh, which is they undermine union activity. They're easier to manipulate. They're easily, the easier to abuse. Mm-hmm. They're less likely to sue you for things like sexual harassment and 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 abuse and overtime abuse. Ah, uh, they're docile. They're you know they're children basically. Yes. Can you hear me? Yep. We're good. Right. So anyway, I was I was in the middle of my uh, speech about child labor laws in the state of Wisconsin. Um, but you know, of course, this is why they want to. Then of course they they the the trucking lobby um aggressively and I think successfully lobbied to. Allow people as young as eighteen to drive trucks. No um, fucking way. <laughs> for for uh, to drive uh, freight trucks and and semi trucks and um, uh, for for similar m- myths about the labor shortage, right? Um, because the when labor gets a little bit of power, which they have over the last couple of years because of the the nature of the labor markets and other factors associated with COVID nineteen, they um, and of course the stimulus checks and, and the UI, they the you want to increase the pool, right? And the way you do that is you is you just is one way you can increase the pool is by getting is by eroding child labor protections, and they used and they actually started adopting this kind of language of agency. Well, children are able to do this, you know. You're, 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 you're yeah. And one one of the one of the arguments that the uh, Wisconsin uh, Restaurant Association and these right wing groups uh, used was that kids today are spending too much time looking at screens, and that if they get a job, it'll help them be more prepared. Uh, no, the, fuck it. Oh, oh, buddy, you have no idea. And so, um, and of course, all this is is just to get to a point where, uh, you know, because again, if they had their way, they would go to 13, 12, 11 years yeah. old, because they did back in the, you know, before child labor laws. if you were, eight, they had seven, eight, n- nine-year-olds working in the textile, you know, factories of Lawrence, Massachusetts during the during the uh, 1912 Lawrence, uh, Massachusetts um, uh, textile strike. Uh, and, and this was pretty much standard if you, ever, if you ever read about the history of cotton. The history of cotton is basically the history of child labor. And so, um, when they when they do this kind of like, oh, it's all a bunch of kids, what they really mean by that is that that or entry level is my favorite, entry-level job. Right. Yes. You sort of gets the idea that this is just an internship. You should you should be paying us to be here because you're going to work up the ladder. They use all this <laughs> kind of patronizing, well-polished PR language um to basically trick the average person thinking, okay, this is sort of it's not really a real job, right? It's sort of temporary. It's basically like, oh, they're gonna get paid like shit for well, but eventually they'll work their way That's why every single piece of corporate propaganda that if you ever like worked at Chick-fil-A, you know, and, the, and you're in the break room and they make you watch those videos, every one of those is all about working your way up to like senior vice president of distribution or something, right? Cuz there's this idea that we can pay you like shit now and our entire business model is based on 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 precarious low wage labor because you'll win the lottery in some sense and eventually you get to become these, you know, senior junior vice president of of internal, you know, whatever. Uh, and that's part of how they frame that's how they pitch low wages to people. So they pitch low wages in this country for 150 years. And this is just a sort of version of that. But uh, yeah, it
1: a- It is. Uh, you're right. I, I, I did not know that they were low. I never thought I thought, if anything, they were going to raise the minimum age. Of of employees. Why would they want to do that? I I I understand capitals, that, capitals but, never wanted
2: to do that. They always want to use children because children are they're docile and easy to yeah. manipulate. What's and, the, and I told and, and
1: and they don't unionize. I told my daughter that when she she just had her first job at a coffee shop and they would hmm. they would call her on days and be like can you get in here in 10 minutes like yeah. that she was supposed to be able to and she would she would do it because she felt like she had to and i was like you know you don't have to do that i mean that was my attitude man i was when i <laughs> before my pre-woke days i mean i was
2: i was i was like i just get abused all the time and i i like because i was raised that way It's was like oh you were lucky to have a job you're privileged to be there you should be working 10 times so you know i was i'd work at like fucking rudy's barbecue in san antonio and be like johnny on the spot yeah, and um, and I remember even waiting, like waiting tables or bartending in New York. Like the thought uh, on the show, we shared a Yelp review once when we did an episode on on snitch apps like Yelp and 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 all the ratings and the stuff. And I shared this somewhat infamous review review I had where I uh, someone gave a negative review to the restaurant I worked at. I was waiting tables at this like kind of fancy schmancy place in the West Village called Charles, and I had had oral surgery the day before uh at nyu the medical the the medical school because i didn't have health insurance i certainly I sure shit didn't have dental insurance and they like cut my gums because it's some like dookie hauser motherfucker, right yeah um anyway so the, the review is like uh i didn't like when my waiter mentioned he had oral surgery it was kind of gross
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and <laughs> uh but but
2: i was only telling him because i was trying to explain why i was why i was talking like i had marbles in my mouth and then, like, I looked back at that review, like, I don't know, on the show, and then we were kind of laughing about it. And I was like, you know, at the time, I like never would have even thought, like, the idea that I should have had paid sick leave, like, never even would have occurred to me. Yeah.
1: Like, absolutely. It, it's, it's not,
2: it's not only, it's not that I was like, like the idea that waiters would have predictable schedules or paid sick leave or God forbid health insurance or God forbid dental insurance. Like, what have, if you had explained that to me in 2008, I would have, it would have been like you were speaking uh, clean on. I, I would have, I would have, not, I could not even have wrapped my head around that concept. And of course, now they actually, you do have paid sick leave in New York, you know, terms and conditions apply. But um it just shows you like just how much I was conditioned into that mindset of like, This is just the way of the world.
1: Yeah. And and so many people in my generation were. People don't, I don't think people still think it's, I, I really think if you talk to 10 people and you could even say 10 Democrats, right? Like I, I honestly don't think that people even know that you could have a business. You could work as a barista and like, not have to uh uh and like have a uh, a reliable schedule there are like places where laws yeah. have been floated to have like predictable, reliable scheduling and like, I think fucking, you know, nine out of those ten people wouldn't even know because I didn't even hear about it That's until true. I started doing this. That's true. I would
2: say I, I, people are more aware now than they were when we were like 20 years ago. I, it is This is what all these old men are bitching about all the time when they talk about like woke <laughs> millennials. I mean, really, I mean, it's not just it's not, you know, they go on about the pronouns and the this and the sensitive and the participation trophy and all that bullshit, but really I, I guarantee you a lot of it is like they interface with young workers, and and you see this a lot. They bitch about it on Twitter, especially during the 2021 when they were like, "Oh, this guy at Wendy's gave me a dirty look." Like just the other day, um, uh, gosh, what's his name? Um, what well, he wrote up and up in the air. He was on Twitter. I forget his name. Um, he now writes with Matt Taibbi, and he was like, "Yeah, he's like, I looked, you know, I looked at my server. I, I t- talked to my server the other day, and they looked at me with like disgust and contempt. And that was not a kid, ca- not the case a couple years ago." Yes, um, it was. And then, uh, yeah. Well, the the point is, like, the workers have gotten sort of mouthy. Is sort of the the, uh-huh. the undercurrent of so many of these kind of post COVID, quote unquote, post COVID criticisms that they're like, labor's too strong. The guy at Nando's Chicken sort of told me to use the app and told me to fuck off. Wendy's guy was a little mean to me. And there's the sense that like, oh, they're they're kind of uppity. They're not as they're not as docile and as and as obsequious as they were prior to the to the pandemic. Um, And obviously I think some of that does dovetail with increased political awareness, increased unionization at wage jobs. Um, And that is, and that is, that just pisses off these people. I mean, this is, this is like, this is the thing that I think animates so much reaction to like the youngins is that they're just not, they, they they say this all the time. They say this all the time on LinkedIn and like right-wing circles and business media, CNBC is like these workers come and they just they're they you know they what's that line from jerry Maguire when he's like he's like i want a guy who's six four prototypical typical wide receiver not someone who's five eleven and bitches in the locker room like it, it's just you know they they, everyone bitches in the locker room as they should and yeah. uh and they get fucking mad about it and it's just that was not the case i think as, as often i mean again i know that this is not a universal thing but it's it seems like it's it, they, they, they view it in this kind of existential these existential terms, which is one of the reasons why so many people are lobbying to lower child labor laws to, to 15, 14 years old. And a guaranteed asked MTU if they could, they would go as low as 13 or 12. Oh yeah. Um, because well, they want people who, who haven't been exposed
1: <laughs> to liberal arts degrees and Marxism and right. uh, all that, you know, horrible stuff. The reason I, uh, so he's about to say something. This is the reason I wanted to play this for you because there's a line that comes up here in a minute that is just, it's great. Oh, fucking, I keep hitting the wrong, The okay, here we go.
4: It takes a family of four more to live in Manhattan than it does in Nashville. So the living wage would be oh, different for a family of four or a family of one or a family of 14. The living wage changes on that. And so what we do at Ramsey as Christians, we have a responsibility to take care of our employees. And one of the responsibilities is not hiring someone who can't afford to live on what we are paying for that position. How how, how humane of you. How how benevolent. Uh,
2: We don't hire people with, with kids, which I think may or may not be legal. Uh, I think there's laws against that. I think you can't hire people based on, ma- I know marital status. You can't, cause that's how they would all that. By the way, that's the same justification they'd always use for paying women less for decades. Oh,
1: well they don't support a fam. Yeah. Um, uh, well right. he's going to uh, explain how he knows here and it's gonna, it's going to hit you really good. Cause it's something right, I've right, never heard. Hear
4: so you are disqualified if you can't make it on what we are paying for that position regardless of if you want the job or you're qualified for the job. We will run a budget with you because we care about you, and it is our responsibility once you are here to make sure you are cared for. And we do take care of our team. Beyond measure, we take care of our team. That's correct. Way beyond measure, we take care of our team. But we do not hire there's, people there's who cannot afford to nine. live on what we pay for that here position. Here Yeah. And that is our responsibility. That's your responsibility. So, you know. Well, you know, we had one lady go. Well, you know, based on your inappropriate request for my personal budget information, I'm going to withdraw my name from future future employment consideration. To which we said, people that talk like that don't even work here. So we're not. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> he he runs
2: a budget on you. he wait, wait? So like he wants your personal finances. Does he want like your yeah.
1: your your taxes or your? bank statements what, what is he looking for here it seems like the way he did, so i i've told this story a few times i i bought a car at jd buy rider years ago okay. uh yeah. it's a buy here pay here it, it don't ever buy a car from a buy here pay here unless you 100% have to because they are pieces of shit uh, sure. but what they did Instead of running my credit, like they do when you go to a dealership, uh, they run right. your credit, and then they tell you what, whether you're approved or what, what it's going to cost a month, and then that's it. What they did at J.D. Byrider was they, they asked for my expenses. Really? And I wrote them down. Mm. And then they told me and my wife uh, that we could afford, there was a Saturn and a Grand dam. That we were going back and forth between, and they said we could afford the Saturn if we quit smoking cigarettes and eating fast food, but if we continue to do that, we can get the Grand Am. (laughs) Oh wow! See that you know I think one thing that people
2: don't quite appreciate, which he's touching on here and you touched on there, is like how much, especially, and I'm I'm gonna paint with a broad brush here, so I apologize for any Christian listeners, but like how much the kind of evangelical. Self righteousness, when it merges with small business, become and I've worked for these people, becomes this this kind of fiefdom cult thing where like they really do paternalistically begin to involve themselves in every element in every element of their employees' life, and they're in, obviously in a position of massive power asymmetry, in a way that sort of views themselves as the kind of father shepherding their children. Um, and I think in some some cases that can kind of manifest in ways that are either benign or even helpful. Like, for example, I don't know, loaning some money ahead of time or, you know, whatever. But that's not usually how it manifests. It usually manifests itself into this kind of self-righteous, petty despotism. Yeah. Um. And if you, and this is, again, this is sort of a key component of of a lot of this prosperity gospel, small business mentality, where it's like, you've strayed, I'm going to like be your, I'm going to be your shepherd. I'm going to sort of tell you how to do it. And, and again, interfering in these kind of micro ways about moral choices of cigarettes and yeah, fast food. Although, although to be fair, you probably should avoid those. I um, did. I do now. Okay, I <laughs> quit. You, not you smoking. personally. Well, cigarette, fast, fast food, whatever. But cigarettes probably no good. Idea. But, um, but uh, th- th- this is sort of very prototypical. Like again, I've worked for these people. I think i we all have, where you sort of, um, it's they, they view themselves as like, oh well, you know, I'm taking care of my sheep, and that's why when that's why you see people like Howard Schultz literally crying on investor calls and and in and, and in Zoom calls with with union representatives because to him he was always the sheep. You know, it wasn't a religious thing with him, but he was kind of a hippie version of it, right? It kind of I uh, you know, we we I was this benevolent dictator who was going to run the corporation the right way and I was going to offer healthcare before anyone else did. And I was going to offer like modestly higher wages than McDonald's. And then when they unionized, he so he took it very personal. Yeah. I mean, very REI person. did that, right? That that well, REI same way. Yeah, these kind of these sort of quasi, these sort of pseudo, uh, you know, enlightened kind of hippie evil capitalists. They get so personally offended, and I and people in my comments when I would mention this, they would say, "Oh, I work for Starbucks. This is like not an act. This is like this is real for him. He really views views himself as the father of all of these, you know, these these tens of thousands of employees. <laughs> and when they form a union, they've they've effectively." you know you know they they they've sought some other form of of custody arrangement they've 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 defied them they've they've they're 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 prodigal son they're 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 going away from home it and, seems um,
1: like would weep it seems like I I would I would say it does seem like, and I we talked about this when the REI tape came out that that REI oh, podcast that was, yeah, came no, out that it was, was great. Yeah, land acknowledgement at the beginning of your union busting meeting oh, is, that, was, that
2: was yeah, but that was a DEI Hall of Famer.
1: What we what we came to was okay. So Walmart can be scummy because. I, I think nobody expects much out of Walmart. And honestly, right, the, they're, they're, their market is fucking Republicans anyway, for the most part. So what difference does it make? And the people who, yeah. And the people that shop there aren't really thinking about where their stuff comes from. So Walmart yeah. can do the nastiest union busting possible, Correct. but then you get yourself in a really bad I mean, if if Starbucks or if REI, these places where the people go to them because they feel like they're conscientious consumers. Yeah, it's it's
2: earth, it's earth tones.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the problem. I mean, there was a ticking time bomb at
2: the core of Starbucks' business model, which is they hired urban, typically people with college degrees or postgraduate degrees, who were almost all liberal arts majors or were kind of proto liberal arts majors. Who were fully, fully aware of the idea of unionization. And it was like, and then the second it happened, they got hundreds in a matter of months. Yeah. <laughs> um, and because again, like you said, they and then they they the bad press mattered to them. Whereas he said, it didn't matter with Sam to the to the Walton. I mean, Sam Walton's biography, if you've ever read it, is basically a manifesto on how to bust unions. I mean, it's for this again, for similar paternalistic reasons, he genuinely believed that unions hurt workers and that under his under his benevolent guidance that, that that was better for the worker. I mean, I don't know if he really believed it, but he's he was seen to be somewhat ideological yeah. about it, right? An ideology is simply pragmatism over a longer timetable. Walmart was always smart about busting unions because they knew in the long term it was in their best interest. Same reason they never they didn't settle a lawsuit, I think until like 2010. They would refuse to settle class like lawsuits. They would just they would fight everything because they knew in the long run it would prevent litigation. And you see this with a lot of these 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 Corporations who built as their brand to be progressive. When things start unionizing, and I've written about this a couple of times on the Substack, obviously all that just goes out the fucking window because, you know, like you said, land acknowledgments, all this kind of uh, this that doesn't really cost them anything. Like it's perfectly mm-hmm. fine, but it, is, it it doesn't eat into their bottom line. But a union does. And so, how do you kind of reconcile that progressive brand? with the union and it's just horrible PR. I mean, Starbucks just getting skewered every Mm -hmm. single day on social media. I mean, it was a Howard Schultz basically dropped out of the presidential race because his Twitter was like dunking on him. I mean, it was (laughs) because these kind of, again, uh, uh, downwardly mobile, overeducated media adult, uh, which I assume is probably some meaning meaningful plurality of your listeners, uh, are very aware of their bullshit and they're going to call them on it. And they all know people who work at Starbucks or they themselves worked at Starbucks. Uh, And companies like REI, uh, Whole Foods has had this problem before until they sold to Amazon. Um, Although even Jeff Bezos occasionally will use this kind of touchy-feely language. Um, There was that Christian school. There was a Christian, a lot of private schools would sort of uh, like ostensibly progressive private schools now are busting unions under the, you know, it it, it undermines our values as a progressive institution because blah, blah, blah. All the kind of third party rhetoric. There's this third party coming in and that's what that's what makes these stores so susceptible to immunization is cuz they cannot reconcile their self image and um and, and it's they also oh, whole well, you know we provided you healthcare we did this for you and it's like yeah but the healthcare sucked and you had to work you know 90 days and it was this and you had to work this many hours
1: and they were cutting hours you know yeah the employees know that this thing doesn't run like i always had in my mind when i was uh, uh a cable guy i i was maybe a little more conservative, well, a lot more conservative than I am now. But at the time not like conservative and like I wasn't like anti-gay or or racist sure, or yeah, any you, of that you were not. Stuff. You were not into the union side of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just more like we all this place can't run. If we don't do the, if, if we don't do the work and I knew that, and that was in my mind the whole time I worked at this place, but I didn't know, I didn't have the language. I didn't understand how to right. express what I was thinking at the time. I mean, you even think about that when you're in, in, in high school at times, something happens and you get pissed off at the teachers and then you're like, we could walk out you know if we all get together and walk out we could walk out and and then intuitively people understand the idea of unionization right yeah but but we're told something totally different about what the union is because when you look at this dave ramsey clip where he says i this man
2: this man's this man's employees need to unionize like yesterday i
1: know (laughs) that's that's what i've gotten from this he's brought guns to work and shit and like he's he's Fucking nuts he was the really the first person to do a big event in 2020 with right. after covid he he had a sure. big christmas party with a with tri- all of tri- his employees lips. there yeah. yeah yeah so he a guy like this can ask for he does it in What's supposed to be a nice way? Hey, I want to see your budget to see if you can afford to work here. Instead of being like, "Well, you seem like you need something. Here's what I can pay you. You can, you can, you know, take it or leave it." Which is also not the best no, way to do it's it. The,
2: it's the psycho petty fiefdom of the small business owner. It, I'm telling you, man. Like I know these people. I've worked with them. It is a it is a pathology. It's a self image. It's the idea. I mean, this is what pillar of the community means, right? It's like a sensibly respectable businessman who owns you know owns a bass boat and two you know four cars and he's going to he's going to provide his pastoral care to his flock i mean and it does feel like super intrusive and weird and creepy in many ways
1: it feels semi I don't know. Like it feels illegal to ask for your budget <laughs> in a way. You know, when I think about I, I'd be
2: it. I'd be curious to hear from a from a from a, a labor lawyer. I I don't know. It seems like it's in the in the it has the vibes
1: of illegal. <laughs> I, I mean, don't know if it is. I think no, because they can do a credit check on you and not right. hire you because that's well, something- credit checks. Theoretic th-
2: th- credit checks are at least theoretically less invasive. They're they're an outcome based thing versus like looking at. You know whether or not you spend a hundred dollars on 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 Virginia Slims that that month.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember that guy telling me you can get the you can get the Saturn or you can get the Grand Dam, and I was just like, I'll take the Grand Dam because I ain't you know if smoking. His,
2: yeah, I was about to say if it, if his model is predicated on lending things to people based on them quitting smoking, that doesn't seem like a very profitable <laughs> model.
1: <laughs> Especially, um, yeah, at a at a at a buy here pay here uh, sort of. Uh, franchise they also though the other thing about jd byrider is uh i was with my wife and daughter Mm. and they separated me from them and they put me in a very small room (laughs) were they interrogating you they put me in front of a videotape if your your stories match up okay they put me in front of a videotape that i had to watch that was sort of my contract where where the person and obviously it's the same thing when when you go to your benefits meetings and stuff like that for work it's like you know you should be paying attention to this right but you can't do it you know but yeah sure. they they put me in a room door was locked camera pointed at me and then watch this watch this video that's that sound that sounds nuts it was it, i thought i again it's it's like a cult more. situation no, J.D. Byrider is just like a a national franchise of people. On the 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 car I ended up getting was in Katrina, was in Hurricane Katrina. Well, yeah. Oh, that sounds like a that, wow! I bet you. Not <laughs> good. bet you look so cool. It, yeah, I, know. It I fell uh, apart. I, I,
2: I, 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 even some national chains can have like weirdly evangelical. Like again, I mean, I worked for Chick Fil A, Domino's. I worked for Domino's. They would have weird, like at least they used to. It um, just seems so Like cultish Christianness.
1: Yeah, it just seems nasty to me to say, "Let me see your budget," because. Uh, yeah, it's pretty intrusive. It's absolutely none of your business. I mean, again, I know
2: that there are other ways they can they can they can hike up your skirt, as it were, or look under the hood, but but it seems like your budget is pretty pretty invasive.
1: Yeah, let's hear. There's, there's only a little bit more left. Might as well right. hear yeah. what he's got to say, and then we get out of here. All right.
4: And I go, you know, it's great. See ya, Goodbye. You know, don't let the door hit you in the butt. You know, it's good. You know, we don't need you. And, but, you know, but the reason for the inappropriate request of the, the personal information is to protect you from you. Because some people will take a job that they can't afford to live on the income
0: well no shit it's not
2: it's not that they're desperate and they just need a job right (laughs) like people people are clearly this is not like this is the best option they have or they wouldn't be there dumbass (laughs)
0: yeah
1: it's fucking nuts it's so fucking crazy what he just said that he was like people are if you can't afford to work here i'm not going to hire you and it's like i need money like it doesn't matter what I can afford. I want right. fucking money. That's what Yeah. Uh, right now I have zero dollars
2: and I need like more than zero. Yeah. And you're 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 here talking to me, so I'm gonna give you my best because then I could also use if you say yes, I can use that job to parley a better job. Cause I don't yeah. plan on being her that long. Because well, that's exactly what you would do with me.
1: Well, here's, here's the thing. Uh, so that was Dave. I, I wanted to introduce you to Dave and, and you have a hard out. So we got to fin- We got to wrap it up. Yeah, I, I gotta, want I to I pick up the kiddo. Yeah. I want to tell you before we hang up here. Yeah. Mm. Uh, also something. Have you ever covered on citations needed payday advance places?
2: Uh, no, there's not really much of a media angle though. I but I, I, uh, That's we, true. we strictly, That's true. we strictly speak to media criticism because once well, we veer off that we're, we don't know what we're doing. You got to get uh, Dave,
1: you got to get, I want you to, you should, uh, I mean, we I, should we're, we're overdue.
2: We've done some of the self-help stuff, but I think we're overdue for Christian prosperity gospel self-help that Guy is like that, well, that is people. extremely in our wheelhouse well the sort of like i mean again you look at the ways in which the evangelical churches grew in the 90s as like basically the only third place in the suburbs for most people like there was, it was either the mall or the church yes um and this is, again i could speak to it from first-hand experience and like the brilliance of positioning yourself as 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 the third place and as a place of and tying like the sort of bourgeois morality of the suburbs with and personal responsibility rhetoric tying it so intrinsic so so so, so in- intensely to like the basically the republican party and this self-image of the kind of self-made person i mean there is so much there i mean that is a quintessentially american tale and this what dave's doing is just a sort of another version of that
1: yeah um, and he's so and this, mean this bootstrap
2: yeah he'll yell well, he's, he's got to give you hard truths, right he's, that's his shot. <laughs> again what who 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 elected him, who ordained him? I don't know, but he's he's asserted himself as an expert, and um again it's it, this the, the fact that he sort of came up in that world and became popular in the mid 2000s when that that really thing was was at its most acute uh, I, is, I, is, is the back is just the backbone of and i don't I don't, I don't want to sound too partisan here but it really is sort of the backbone of the republican party, right mm-hmm. sort of small business, religiously inclined extremely self-righteous um sometimes on a micro level maybe even gregarious or, or or like helpful like it's not like they're all they're not mustache twiddling villains really but there's definitely a kind of patronizing attitude um to their to their worldview and um he screams
1: yeah. at people too and and like most mm. of his youtube page is him doing rants against different people so i just i I, I want everybody to talk about Dave Ramsey. Also, I'll say this too: he pays attention to what people say about him online. So that's also oh, very funny.
2: Yeah, he, he reads this. Yeah, I can relate to that. It's like it's like Kevin Durant is my all-time favorite basketball player because he, he he like gets he gets into it with nobodies on Twitter. And I'm like, you know, on the one hand, I'm like, if I had all that money and fame, would I ever go on Twitter? I'd be like, no. But then I'm like, you know what? I think I would. I think I I'm would. so. I'm so petty and so and so thin-skinned that I would absolutely be like, you know, fucko 479776.
1: I'll tell you what's up. I watch so many guys. I there's so many guys I'm fans of that fight with with people with 40 followers. <laughs> there was something populist about it. There's something there's something like
2: it, there's something relatable and likable about people who get into the shit with like nobodies.
1: Right. And because like when you get I think it was when I got 10k, I was like I don't want to send people after people at all anymore you know when you get you get to a number where it's like yeah you can't dunk on people if they're
2: not if they're not they have to have they have to have like some they have to have like 10k or like blue checks themselves right yeah otherwise otherwise it's yeah it's pretty i i I struggle with the ethics of that
1: myself i uh, do too well adam i want to thank you for coming on the show it's it's very fun to talk to you and every time i talk to you i have a lot of fun and it's uh adam h johnson nyc Although no, it's, it's what is my name? It's, it's Adam Johnson
2: NYC. I think Adam Although Johnson. I haven't l li- I have not lived in New York in six years. I know. It's embarrassing. But if I get rid of the NYC, I'll lose my blue check mark and then I have no bourgeois validation at all.
1: That's great. And we can't and- have that citations needed uh i would find it hard to believe that there's somebody listening to this show that hasn't heard citations needed but please listen if you haven't he's 10 times smarter than me so i think you'll enjoy it only eight times only eight times (laughs) (laughs) i I kid
2: i kid zero percent all right well thanks so much this has been a lot of fun i'm gonna go pick up the the, the little kid uh, which i'm very excited about uh because he has a new word uh, which is mine. Everything's mine. Mine. Oh, I love that. Mine. That's my favorite kind mine. of kid. And I was, like, I was like, dude, you're 23 months old. You don't have anything. You don't own. You don't That's have possessions. That's what I like, though. I like, I like <laughs> my mine. favorite, my he favorite my, kids. He, he grabbed my diabetes sensor
1: and was like, mine. I'm like, no, it's mine. I'm going to. Die without it. Give it back. My favorite yeah. kids are, are kind of mean little boys. Like, uh, I miss having a kid around the house cause mine's 18. And, uh, mm. I just, every time yeah. I was at a, coffee shop the other day and a little girl looked at me and was like go away and her mom like yelled at her and i was like no nah, i love that that's my kind of oh shirt. yeah that's no Derek i can't kind wait he's, he's just
2: getting into the mode of like telling us to go to hell and no and it's so it's so much fun and he's just so cute like what are you you gonna get mad you're just like this is so cute yeah all right all
1: right adam have
2: a good all right. night later you too tell the people the truth so they've been misled they've been phone. like nah niggas ain't no this
0: round this round my partner didn't go niggas Had birthday though you niggas know what's up with me in real life though, that's okay. Don't hurt nobody, don't do them bad. Do cause I've been traumatized, blame it on my past If I say so, my youngest gon' crash. crash They better lay low, cause no they don't want that This is for my enemy, please don't tell on me Heard about my background, got too much felony, for real Knowing I won't back down, that weapon stay on me And I'm yelling 219, that's my memory yeah. I- 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 They don't wanna talk about the real shit, nope. go tell them people how them boys got hit up How they do it, gunfire slugging, I pull up with sticks, huh what? And shoot something, this ain't no motherfucking stick up It ain't clip takes to the chopper, nigga this the one Looking with 30, hurt, the am trying to get rid of us Stop. You heard about a rapper Sprinter in a crossfire? Yes sir, I did, I heard that bitch got extra ripped up Dang, just got out the phone with Mr. Hit that over He like chill, but I ain't trying to Hear that shit no more. Nah. I don't see these boys, I'm on a different flow. Whack, whack something, then I'm gone, won't nobody know. All their pilots got hit up, you better check the scope. I'm conniving late night they won't tell us I won't. Rapping that I nigga won't. do a trick or something. Ah. but I put that little bitch in a figure four? Yeah. Follow IG with that real frown Scrolling down my timeline, I'm like, here you go. Ah. I know they niggas hear me do this stereo they do. I need some bullet holes bigger than the Cheerio. Ah. They was on my dick about a year ago they Believe was. in God, let nigga was. home for a son not going ask them niggas what I do to them I make it hard for a man Where they go yeah. Don't hurt nobody, don't do them bad do Cause I've been traumatized, blame it on my past If I say so, my youngest gon' crash, oh, they, gon crash. they better lay low, cause no they don't want that yeah, yeah, yeah. This is for my enemy, please don't tell on me Heard about my background, got too much felony, for real Knowing I won't back down, that weapon stay on me And I'm yelling 219, that's my memory Every one of these niggas coming to get them, hit them up in the rental. My gorilla, not gon' say a thing. Talking about slinging it out, I'm moving lane to lane. Calico eat up a nigga yeah. like some raisin cane. I fell in love with my head, I gotta go pick em. It's a lot of these niggas up in the stopping this what I've been thinkin' Couple killers in my circle know they occupation. Yeah. We be down they black in abomination. Yeah. Pretty little chopper, gotta be gold fam. Yeah. Hanging out the window when I roll it. Oh, down. Yeah. You'll think I got class from a stripper, nigga. Yeah. The way my young yeah. niggas swing their pole around. Bitch, I'm Osama El Chapo. Chapo. And they know to the lay low when the bro is down. Here where I go, they know it's going down. What? Couple sticks stuck till went I'm rolling around, yeah. No Freddy yeah. Cougar, I'm Michael Myers Black monkey suit and a ski mask yeah. Black on black yeah. chopper with three flags I ran at handle, bitch, I'm Rambo Don't make me mad nah. Pull up with a stick and make that heat flash Bye. I was thinking about buying me a G-Wag Bye. I be in the cut, nigga, keep laughin' I don't know about no beef, I'ma keep smashin' yeah. Don't yeah. Hurt nobody, don't do them bad do Cause I've been traumatized, blame it on my past I, I, I. If I say so, my youngest gon' crash oh, They gonna crash. They better let no they don't want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is for my enemy, please don't tell on me. Uh, they heard uh, about uh, my background, got too much felony, well, for real. Knowing uh, uh, I won't uh, back down that weapon stay on me. Uh, uh, and I'm bah. yelling to a nine, that's my memory. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh,